Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of McMinnville podcast. Founded in 2007, UUFM is a gathering place for people who embrace a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We are located in the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley wine country. Please visit us on the web at macuuf.org, M-A-C-U-U-F dot org. And if you are ever in or near the McMinnville area, don't hesitate to stop by and visit us. UUFM gathers in love and service for justice and peace. Edie grew up in Porterville, California. Throughout her career, she's worked primarily in advocacy and direct services with neighbors who happen to be poor, hungry, homeless, and without health access. Her focus is on creating an arena where people can advocate for themselves and their own voice. Through her experiences and listening to people, she is convinced that there is a story about basic needs and rights and how systems impact the poor and that people want to hear about it. If people can hear, they will want to change themselves and the system. Edie is committed to restoring the food system and food justice and to ending homelessness. Edie and Brian moved to Boston last July of 2019 with their dog, Wally. Thank you, Edie. Good morning. Uh, I'm Edie Jessup, a newer attender of UU McMinnville Fellowship. I offered to do a service on homelessness several months back and before the COVID-19 really hit throughout the country. So some of what I want to share is impacted by our current reality and a potential overwhelming increase in homelessness as a result of our fragile economy. I've worked with homeless folks for years. When we lived in Maine, I worked in the best homeless shelter system I know of in administration as director of family services and establishing a community-based program for substance abusing women and their children and partners. In Fresno, I worked for Fresno Metro Ministry on food and nutrition security issues, as well as with the homeless and folks living on the edge. In Humboldt County, California, I helped establish with the homeless the Affordable Homeless Housing Alternatives nonprofit, working to establish tiny house villages and help pass a county shelter declaration. Working with the homeless, I helped create a homeless newspaper, The Humboldt Edge. So my perspective on what we will talk about today is based on my experience with homeless folks, some of the bravest folks I know. The homeless themselves can tell you exactly what their needs are, and we need to hear them. In talking about justice and systems, I think it's important to figure out our own personal motivation for committed advocacy with the homeless and poor. I was born in Linnell Labor Camp in Farmersville, California, to family that was some of the last of the Dust Bowl Okies. They were poor, had too many kids, 
my father a World War II paratrooper, definitely with PTSD. He left and my mother adopted out one of my sisters, Naomi and me. I was the lucky one. Folks were doing the best they could. I was adopted by a loving and stable family and had the advantages of that, good health care and a good education. I found my birth family and indeed I was the lucky one. I understand the difference between nature and nurture. This has informed my commitment to folks having access to basic, the most basic of human needs as a right, allowing them to thrive. Locally, I've spoke with, spoken with Howie Harakema and Liz Stein about the situation here in Yamhill and learned about some of the issues that are specific to McMinnville and found that they are similar to what I have experienced elsewhere. This is important. Houselessness is not just a local problem. Many of you have participated in a variety of ways to support folks on the street and know their issues and barriers. I'm hoping to look at how our faith and UU principles make a difference and can guide us in the policy, not politics, of what we know we need to do together. Perhaps we can form a thoughtful response to the plight of the current homeless population, as well as what we can expect as a result of the loss of employment amongst us and our community. Maybe we can form a systemic response locally to alleviate our neighbor's woe. There isn't a scarcity of housing. What there has been for years since the 1980s is a deliberate decimation of federal housing funds and not investing in affordable housing throughout the country. Add this increasing, add to this the increasing wealth disparity and a good dose of fear of the homeless and we have the perfect storm for culturally excluding the worth and dignity of a great number of our neighbors who happen to be poor. The UU understanding that we are an interdependent web, that what affects you affects me is informative. As we have criminalized homelessness in our community, insisted that street folks not rest, but constantly move along. And as there have not been adequate resources to assist folk, we have created and reinforced the very mess that we don't like, and certainly prevent the homeless from thriving. The clear solution to homelessness is homes, a safe place to live. It doesn't necessarily mean spending a huge amount of money. Immediate solutions are demonstrated right here in Oregon, in Eugene. Supervised tiny house villages that allow folks to stabilize, get well, and reestablish useful lives. Calls for supervised tent cities, 
are another solution that also results in settling folks, improving health, and access to services. And now we're learning from the COVID-19 solution making. There are quick conversion of motels, like in Salem, for use by homeless folks, building hospitals for thousands in just a few days. Actually, we do have the resources to immediately respond to housing vulnerable people, whether sick or not. What we have to let go of in this time of fear is our nimbyism, as we have to let go of fear of infection. And we can do this if we choose appropriate mitigation. We are truly all in this together. Folks on the street need somewhere to go. Most would like to have a home. However, that is defined. The folks on the street have formed tribes to take care of each other. They know community, but we as a society have not allowed them to be community or allowed empty buildings, unused land, and the MASH emergency housing resources to be available to protect these folks. Nobody when they were four years old, wanted to grow up to be homeless, toothless, ill, unclean, and despised. They wanted to be firemen and ballerinas. Mr. Bowtie lives on our streets. Every person that we may pass by, be afraid of, worry about on the street, came from somewhere. We can do better in creating places for people to be and to thrive. And we can do better as folks are falling off the employment wagon in the wake of the pandemic. In the YCAP HUD point in time count in 2019, 1,433 homeless people were counted in Yamhill County. Of course, this is just a fraction of the true number of homeless. At least 589 children in the county are homeless, according to the Office of Education. Of the adults who filled out the point-in-time forms, many have been homeless for a year to three years, and many have a disability, physical, mental, or spiritual. That includes using alcohol and drugs to dull their pain. As my boss at the shelter I used to work for said, the homeless are great mathematicians. Two hours without pain is better than 24 hours of being miserable. Meanwhile, how do houseless persons cope if the county offices and nonprofits are closed and they do not have a phone or internet to seek help? The existing shelters, like Yamhill Rescue Mission, require residents to be clean, sober, and participate in their Bible study. Pray to shelter. So many homeless people will not go there. So what does our faith require of us? 
it is in this fellowship we are assured that we are not struggling for justice on our own, but as members of a larger community. The religious community is essential, for alone our vision is too narrow to see all that must be seen, and our strength too limited to do all that must be done. Together our vision widens and our strength is renewed. In fact, we are required to stand up, even if we're scared and assert our deep beliefs that all our neighbors are worthy of having their basic needs met, housing, healthcare, food, and advocating for the fact that there is plenty. Our civic resources are enough to settle folks without houses in some sort of stable housing and invite their skills back into our community. My experience has shown me that lack of basic human needs and the lack of respect and care from others puts even the strongest of us on a quick slide toward losing our sense of worth and sense of our very humanity. If as a community, we do not invest in simple, dignified stability for people, we will find ourselves investing in the seven deadly ends of oppression and charity solutions, giving a little, but not enough to make a lasting change in the problem we are participating in perpetuating. The seven deadly ends, insufficiency, inappropriateness, inadequacy, instability, inaccessibility, inefficiency, and indignity. Our charity efforts, if not tied to systemic change, perpetuates the problem though perhaps leaving us feeling like we've done our part. We can do better. That can of soup you donate is important, but only if you realize there are better systemic ways to support folks living on the streets, figuring out the systemic corrections, a reliable, stable place to live, reliable access to healthy food, and access to healthcare and services is what our advocacy can do to change both individual circumstances and change our community. What would I recommend? Immediate supervised tent villages and car camping on unused land with restrooms, showers, hygiene stations, and communal, pitch, communal kitchen with a victory garden, Betty, and with services from existing providers and healthcare on site. Not large encampments, but scattered. The residents building tiny houses, which cost about $3,000. Connection to SNAP, food stamps. SSI, if eligible, would provide stable income for those who cannot work. Programs leading them to the highest independence possible. And this is the vision of Compass Center, the Encompass Yamhill group is proposing. Or 
set up mash tanks that are being used for the coronavirus. They exist, set up quickly, and can be adjusted to give folks some space. Then repeat the above. Think of it as affordable workforce housing. We lie to ourselves if we think the small amount of funding to do these things isn't possible right here in McMinnville. The recovery of folks who have been despised by us, been treated as disposable and who are ill will take some time for them, but the value to our community will be worth offering them an invitation to community again. We can join with other groups to make systemic change like YCAP and Encompass Yamhill and connect to federal funding for our homeless projects. For sure, it will take coordination and we can commit ourselves to assisting that coordination. We can support the commissioners in understanding that Polk County that joining Polk County in a regional continuum of care will allow Yamhill to receive federal funding. Our current continuum of care is the Oregon Rural Continuum of Care, and it includes most of Oregon. And Yamhill receives funding at about a half per homeless person that other CLCs receive. With that funding and coordination staffing, coordination staffing and housing can be secured. Charity and nonprofit solutions will never reach the scale needed. We can do all of this by advocating with the city and county and our neighbors as we come out of this time of pandemic, which we see as COVID-19 and at the same time solve a different spiritual pandemic in our society that separates the worthy and unworthy from basic human needs. Thanks.